I'm Dan Mack. And this is Chris Mack. And I'm Pete. And you're listening to episode 22 of the Shred Shack Podcast, your weekly source of news and uninformed yet heavily biased opinions pertaining to all things heavy metal. But first, let's talk some old business. Old business is old business, and new business is new business. Following the unfortunate passing of Motorhead's Lemmy, uh, memorial services for for Lemmy will be held on Saturday, September. Uh, Saturday, January 9th from 2 p.m. to 2 a.m. at the Rainbow Bar and Grill, his uh, little watering hole in West Hollywood, California. And due to the overwhelming and supportive responses to Lemmy's memorial, the Rainbow has announced that it will now use the entire Sunset Strip to compensate for overflow. The Rainbow will close from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. for a private service, but the Roxy Theater and Whiskey Gogo will remain open to accommodate those looking to show their respects during this time. So if you want to get trashed, <laughs> yeah, that's that's ongoing as of right now, and has been going on for quite some time. Um, also, family and close friends will observe a service at Forest Lawn Memorial Park in Hollywood, uh, commencing at 3 p.m. That's Pacific Standard Time, and ending at 4:30 p.m. It's, you know, in the Pacific. With uh, such limited space available on site, Motorhead is respect- respectfully asking that fans don't attend the service at the cemetery, but the band wants everyone to be a part of this, so they set up uh, their official YouTube channel for a live stream of it, and that is happening right now. Yeah. yeah. We, we, I believe on our Facebook page there was a link posted earlier by, uh, by Pat and Reese, yep. who I believe were getting thoroughly inebriated and watching it. Yep, I think so, because so. Reese has been messaging us on Facebook saying, the audio is shit! Wait, yeah. they fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, continuing on with the much speculated reunion of guns and roses uh so far officially confirmed axel rose duff mckagan and slash and it has officially officially been confirmed for this year's coachella festival um the official ad mat for guns and roses appears on the coachella s- site and it was shared by slash himself via facebook You've seen the Clerks cartoon, right? Parts of it, yeah. There's that. Uh, there's the there's the one episode where where Jay's talking about switching where he's uh, hanging out. He's like, "We're now officially hanging out in front of the Quick Stop, officially." <laughs> <laughs> hanging out, like using the word "officially" oh, quite a bit. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking of right here. It's like we're officially back together, officially. <laughs> well, we also reported last week that uh, Axel Rose was supposed to show up on the Jimmy Kimmel show, but apparently um, it was. Canceled his uh, his appearance was canceled at the last second. Early Monday, he was listed as the show's first guest for Tuesday broadcast, and for some reason, the Guns N' Roses singer was removed from it by mid afternoon. Color me fucking shocked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that doesn't bode well for the beginning of this. Yeah, nonsense. I was gonna say it's like this is the start of things we know. Yeah, yeah, uh, and still hasn't been really confirmed who else is rounding out the band. There's still rumors about um, Izzy being involved. Matt Sorum and, of course, Steven Adler being names that are thrown around there. Yeah. Whether they're going to be in for the full show or whether they're going to come out for a few songs or what's going on, it's still very much up in the air. I know as of like three hours ago, I saw a news article that said Matt Sorum won't even comment on the reunion. So if he's involved with it, he is saying nothing. Yeah, well, he's probably been inundated with those questions since, you know, for 20 years. So yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, last bit of old business, uh, according to... People.com, Mary For- Forsberg, 
the ex-wife of Lay Stone Temple Pilots and Velvet Revolver singer Scott Weiland, has filed court documents on December 30th asking to be named the executor of Weiland's will. She also filed a copy of the will written in April 2007 with his signature as proof. Weiland's estate is reportedly worth $2 million. There's also said to be a trust with undisclosed assets. She is Weiland's second wife and mother of his two children, 15-year-old Noah and 13-year-old Lucy. So who knows what's going to happen, especially considering that he has the most recent wife. You know, I don't think he ever changed his will to uh, compensate for that. Mm. So she could be getting the shorter end of the stick. Yeah, well, the unfortunate thing about when these things kind of happen is that that's the first thing that goes is money. It's always got to be about some bitch-ass money. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch-ass. And that's it for old business, so let's cut right into new business. And we got a handful of uh, album releases, which I'm not going to be talking about any, because I didn't get a close enough listen to the ones you guys had. You guys listened further to the ones I was going to do, so I was like, ah, I'm not even going to try. Yeah. So... Well, the first one off is something that Pete and I listened to in the gym the other night, Mm -hmm. and Ex Mortis, Ride Forth. It's their fourth full-length record from the California Technical and Melodic Death slash Thrash Metal Band. Um, the record is incredible. Oh, yeah. Uh, the guitar playing is out of this world and is matched in intensity by the masterful bass playing and superhuman drumming. That was one of the things that stood out to us specifically when we were listening to it was the the guitarist being matched by like the, the bassist. And you don't necessarily hear that a lot of that in thrash unless you go out and listen to specific bass players. But this this band really kicks it up a notch, and it's so good. Um, sometimes the songs feel more on the on the side of like speed or prog because there's really long guitar solos and it, long instrumental parts. It sounded a lot more power metal. Yeah, yeah. There's parts that sounded a lot like uh, cacophony, like that's yeah. that's speed metal band from like the '90s, '80s. Yeah. If you t- if you took out like the, the the vocals and put it in like a like a high pitched James Debris or um, any other <laughs> yeah you, you prog threw, singer like, you threw yeah. in like basically any Euro power metal singer yeah. you'd have a power metal band yeah. for sure so uh, the, the thing is you mentioned the vocals um, we said this sounded more of like a power metal prog metal band but it has the savagery of thrash and vocals of like the death metal band yeah. which was you know definitely a good um, combo. For the, their particular style, it sounded great. I think that these this band would be for fans of bands like Death. Uh, so this is definitely highly recommended. It's also an early candidate for my top three of the month. Yeah, I, I just want to tell everyone, like, um, we posted up our top three for this month. We're already fighting for what's going to be on our top three for next yeah, month. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like it's, dude it's, as, it's, soon as, as soon as Pat put down his claim on Varg, I'm like, Shit! <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna be we're gonna be fighting it out at the end of this month. Like, who gets to pick which ones? And watch, yeah. none of us are gonna pick the main the big names. None of us, except for maybe uh, a bath over here for Pete, which is, he, he called three months That's ago. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> called that when it was announced. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I called that before a bath even went solo. <laughs> um. So, Chris, you can keep going because. Um, 
Okay. We got most of them here. Yeah. Um, the next one up is by Jeff Hughell. Uh, it's called Trinidad Scorpion Hallucinations. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, this guy is mostly known as the basis for a six feet under reciprocal and brain drill. Uh, apparently, he's been releasing some solo material for a few years, all featuring guest musicians. And this is his actual second full length record. Um, this is technical instruprog at its best. Oh my god, cue that clip. Stop that cock! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, he has a very signature two hand tapping style that is all over this record. And it is so fucking good. We li- this is another one that we listened to in the gym the other yeah. night, and and like every once in a while we was, we'd be doing like a break or something like that, listening in, and like holy shit, the guy has some chops. It's not your typical prog. Like, no, I mean it, it goes especially because of the way like it's featuring the bass. Like that's yeah. not something you hear at all. You know. Yeah, he uses the bass as more like a, a, a melodic instrument than anything else, and that was that's actually sometimes refreshing to hear. Like some really good technical playing on the bass, and we mentioned in for the bass player in Ex Mortis being really good. This guy kicks it up a notch, so that was quite awesome. Um, yeah, this is looking like another early candidate for uh, my top three of the month. So definitely worth a listen. That's uh, Jeff Hughell, uh, Trinidad Scorpion Hallucinations. Such a great album title, right? Mm-hmm. Here's another one we listened to in the gym. We do a lot of listening in the gym. This is actually pretty cool. Um, Kralis, uh Hyperion. It's a New York City-based progressive black metal band, and the EP is a follow-up to their 2015 full-length release. And I I enjoyed it. Um, black metal is more your speed, so I mean, I, I I think for like this Annex Mortis, I mean, like I'm going to take a much closer list on my own. Mm-hmm. Like I remember like hearing a couple of tracks from it, but I mean, it's one of those things I got to listen to the whole thing. I yeah, think. yeah. I like I said, I I really enjoyed it. Um, it has everything you want in the black metal scene, the vocals, the guitars, and a little bit of ambience in there is, you know, quality stuff, especially considering that it was from a New York City-based band. You don't really hear about that kind of, necessarily that kind of music coming from that area all, all that often. All right, next up is Cauldron in Ruin. Their fourth full-length album, and they're from Canada. Can't hold that against them. Um, but this is pretty much, if you're looking for a traditional heavy metal band, this is right up your alley. Um, 
it took me two listens to really enjoy it because the production was a little weird mm-hmm. at first at first listen, but you know it just sounds like a classic heavy metal record. That's probably why I was kind of thrown off by it at first. Mm-hmm. You know, it was very enjoyable. I needed to listen to it again just to kind of get like a, more words f- to describe it, but all in all, it was quite quite awesome. If I remember right, I was not particularly keen on the vocals of this one. Probably not. I think the vocals were a little rough on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember I remember that particular part, but the music was good. Yeah, musically, it does, It like, the, what I did hear of it, it's straight up traditional heavy metal. Yeah. So it sounded good in that regard. So. <clears throat> uh, next up is The Order of Elijah, War at Heart. We listened to this one today. Uh, but it's very typical fill-in-the-blank core. Nothing special about it. Um, with the exception of a riff or two that got my head bobbing, it was really boring. Mm. Yeah. yeah, so... Like nail on the head because, like, for me, it was just... It was just background noise. It was noise. background noise, yeah. It was something that, like, we had a we had a complete and utter total different discussion on top of listening to that without even making mention of what we were listening to. I think I, I did check this one out, and this may have been the band that I'm thinking of, or another one similar of the fill in the blank core. Um, but I remember watching a video. I think it was from these guys, and it's like they were trying to look like gangster. Like the singer was doing like all these stupid arm motions. Like I, yeah. I don't know, just it, it looked. It looked so stereotypical, and musically, I was just not even into it. So I was like, wow, this is just a double whammy of not yeah the music was like it was really very basic like they tried a little bit of gent here a little bit of this that there and then the vocals he sounded like the singer from demon hunter but i prefer demon hunter you know listen to demon hunter i'll listen to demon exactly (laughs) the thing is and then you get a lot of people it's like if i want to listen if i'll listen to soil work if i want to listen to soil work because that's they get a lot of comparisons and sound wise like that but yeah it's the same thing though like if i want to listen to a guy who sounds like demon hunter i'll listen to fucking demon hunter so again we won't be tagging them in this one (laughs) (laughs) we need to get some sort of like clip for that just like we won't be tagging them (laughs) (laughs) we we should get the monopoly clip from nes don't be coming back now don't be coming back now <laughs> and then we also should get that Mr. T thing you said back in the day when we run on too long is like quit your jibba jabba. It's, it's somewhere in my uh it's somewhere in my um my box of fun in my guest room, so I gotta pull that out. Alright. Last one I listened to this week was uh Venomous Concept, uh Kick Me Silly with some Roman numerals there. It's a hardcore punk band featuring members of Napalm Death and Brutal Truth. It's their third full-length record, and I I don't necessarily go out for hardcore punk every once in a while, but this one was really good. Mm. It really was. The songs were short to the point. Nothing was longer than three minutes. Nothing was, and like there was like songs that were like a minute and a half long. Just pretty much like when we saw Napalm Death, yeah. just take down, take it back a notch and make it more punky and less grind, which I wrote down. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, but I, it's but it's no less brutal than Napalm Death. So it's actually really good. I listened to like two tracks in this, and it was it was good, but it didn't you didn't normally catch my fancy. So yeah, I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, it's it's, it's it was something thing. to get pumped up to. It it, it, went, it lasted only like thirty something minutes, so it was a real quick one and in and out real quick, just like normal punk. So yeah. it was really good. Mm. Okay, so that's all you have for new releases for right now. Yes, sir. Right. What else have you been listening to this week? I right before Lemmy passed away, I was about to go into a whole um, run of prog music. No. <laughs> Big surprise! Yes, Where I know. You <laughs> Big surprise! You don't. Say. I was I was inspired by by Cone Skin because we got this we got the CD and I was listening to it a lot. And I was like, I'm just going to continue on with this vibe. But then Lemmy passed away, so I went to Motorhead, of course. Um, so I picked back up with my my prog thing. Uh, so of course I threw in some Dream Theater, Train of Thought, which was awesome. Uh, I went back and listened to Ghosts again, the newest one, Meliora, uh, Baroness Purple, and then Skateboard Marketing had my number one record for October for download. Earthside, I've been rocking that hard. Did you you only streamed it when it first came out? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I actually went to look for it on uh, Amazon.com when I got my gift card from Amazon this past. Uh, Christmas mm-hmm. and they don't sell it physically on Amazon they sell the the mp3s yeah um, does it physically exist yes it does I, I think you have to order it through their website okay so that was unfortunate you know because I had the gift card but then I bought purple with it so it was all good um, I also listened to Cone Skin again and I went out of out of the way here and I listened to Pink Floyd The Wall only because of this the story that came out where uh, Jordan Rudis says that he had the opportunity to play drums on um, Bring the Boys Back Home on the wall. Mm-hmm. And he, apparently he was in there. He never played drums before. He's playing the snare drum to the, to the marching band part. Mm-hmm. And Bob Ezra, and I think is the, the producer, looked at him and said, no. And then kicked him out. <laughs> um, you ain't no Mike Portnoy. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> but then I, um, I finished off the week with uh, the last two Opeth records, Heritage and Pale Communion, and then uh, Pelican forever becoming that nice. was my that was a pretty good list right there yeah so kind of like i i guess for for your prog <laughs> is my abbath you know like i've been gearing up for that release so i've been listening to well i listened to the new track um ashes of the damned that just got released i don't know if y'all have checked that out yet no yeah no it is so fucking over the top and ridiculous like i'm even more excited for that <laughs> album now. like it's so good i'm also listening to uh some immortal, obviously. So, uh, uh, damned in black has been spinning for me. And that's been like really good to revisit that album. I also checked out, I went back to, uh, the Rolling Stone list that we were talking about the other week and, uh, looking at some of the bands from there. And one of them that I've been checking out is Tau Cross, th- their self towel album. That's really fucking good. Like, yeah. You guys should really check. Was that number out. 20? Is that the first one we talked about? Uh, no, number 20 was cloud rat. Right. Um, okay, okay. But yeah, it was around, uh, it was the lower numbers, ones. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But it's still really fucking good. It, um, Rob Miller is the the guy from Amoebix that uh, kind of fronts this band. Okay. And, I mean, his vocals are fucking great on this. Like, it's really, really good. Nice. So, yeah. I was editing for much of the week, so I didn't get too much to listen to. In the car, I got to listen to Primal Fear, the Unbreakable album, which you got for me last week. Mm-hmm. Um, listening to a little bit of... Um, Iron Maiden, Book of Souls. It's because it's been the, it's the only thing currently sitting in my 300 CD changer. 
<laughs> it's a very lonely two well, discs in the my, 300 disc changer. <laughs> my 300 CD changer is partially broken now because oh. it, it doesn't spin fast. So like I'll press it to open and it'll be like 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 you know like you call an old dog and just kind of ambles up to you. That's how you, this and you is. risk putting Book of Souls in there. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've, I've been listening to a bit of that. Um, well, actually, this thing comes apart. I took it apart before. When I'm gonna a whole have bunch to take of... mine apart and fix it because I need that thing to be. I need it to move. I got some. So I got some shit to put in there. <laughs> um, but very importantly, um, because of one of the gifts that I got for Christmas was a uh, gift card, an, uh, an Amex gift card. I decided to go and splurge and finally buy the last three Black Sabbath albums that I needed. Um, and I bought the deluxe editions because that's what that's what's been keeping me from buying them until this point. I wanted the second disc because um, I had to get Born Again, Seventh Son, and Eternal Idol, which all had different singers. So Born Again, you have um, Ian Gillen singing for Black Sabbath. Second disc, live album with Ian Gillen. Oh shit! So yeah, I, I, I want that material. <laughs> Next one up is uh, Seventh Star, which is Tony Iommi's solo album. Singing for Glenn Hughes. Ooh. With a live album. <laughs> so, yeah, I want that. Here's a question. Yeah. When Glenn Hughes was in the band, was he playing bass too, or was Geezer still playing? Mm, that's a good question. I honestly don't know offhand. Okay. Yeah. I. Well, no, no, because it was oh, Iommi's solo album. Uh-huh. So I'm pretty sure it would have been Iommi with a whole bunch of new musicians okay. and Glenn Hughes singing. But live, live album of... You know, older Black Sabbath material with a different singer. Always cool to hear that. So I definitely wanted that. And then Eternal Idol, which is the first one with Tony Martin. Um, Clip. <laughs> we're not going to get to that yet. <laughs> the second disc of that is um, is the original version of the album with another singer. Which, like, they had, he had a guy named Ray Gillen come in and sing on that album. But I guess they scrapped that session and they got Tony Martin instead. So you have two different versions of that same album. Wow. So... Like the deluxe editions of these albums, I wanted so badly, and I was holding out, thinking like, "Oh, they're gonna release a box set of the post Dio stuff," which I don't have any faith in it right now. So I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna buy it now." Well, they're probably never gonna do that because you know that that time frame was probably just like, "Who's Black Sabbath?" I mean, honestly, it's it kind of sucks that it's like that because God, they're like, especially Eternal Idol, such a good album. So I've been listening to Eternal Idol a bunch, um, but we'll talk about Tony Martin later. Yes, we will. <laughs> But that's been my week. Kind of minimal this week. Yeah. Uh, so now that we're done talking about that, let's go on to more new business with the general news. All right. Starting off with our bummer for the week, uh, Rollins Band and Mother Superior drummer and saxophonist Jason McEnroth has passed away. The musician died at January 3rd while battling prostate cancer. Fucking cancer. It's always cancer with, oh, with those guys. All cancer's everywhere. It's terrible. All right, Apple Insider reports that the Jensen JTA 230 3-speed stereo turntable was the highest-selling audio product on the site with built-in speakers. Uh, Vinyl has been gaining an unbelievable amount of popularity in the last few years, with the RIAA reporting that the format makes bands more money than streaming does currently. That's not a surprise, considering that it fucking costs... Tons to go buy a damn vinyl. Well, in 2014, the the format obliterated digital sales as well. I mean, I'm a, a vinyl collector. Like, I'm probably one of those like insufferable ones that like buys like the like 
limited edition. Knew there's a reason I hated you. Yeah. <laughs> so God damn but, it, <laughs> but it just makes sense. But it's like, I mean, if I'm gonna buy like a physical copy, I mean, I'm probably I want something like vinyl. I mean, even nowadays, like like cassettes are coming back for some reason. Like you know what I mean? Like people just don't go to CDs for. I do. I mean, yeah, obviously. But yeah. <laughs> I, but I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like a just a trendy thing. I mean, it can't be because it's been going on for a while now. But well, I think the, what the main argument about vinyl is that it has just general better fidelity sound quality over over CDs, which has a more digitized um, sound to it. So that, that seems to be like the argument, but I don't. I don't get it. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't even go that far. I mean, I love vinyl, but yeah. That whole warmth argument's bullshit yeah. to me. So I, I I don't get it myself, but you know I still if if I can find if there's an album that I want and I can find a vinyl copy for like fifty cents to a dollar, whereas the CD's like twelve, I'll buy the vinyl until I get the CD. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Metal Blade Records has announced the signing of Jim Brewer and the Regulators, Jim Brewer's new hard rock slash metal group. All right. Brewer stated about his upcoming album, I think the music is going to be very respectable. I think it's going to surprise most people. I think the hard rock metal world will embrace it, where many other people who thought it was going to be really funny will think, oh, he really wasn't that funny in it. He wrote some real songs. So I don't know what to expect from it, but it's definitely hard rock and metal for my for my generation. So he's talking about, like, just a couple years older than me. <laughs> you know, I saw one of his more recent uh, stand-up things. And the first bit of it was talking about metal. And I thought, you know, from, from watching that whole thing where he used to do, like, the ACDC bit yeah. and everything, I thought he would be a little bit more knowledgeable on it, uh, a little bit more on the inside. But he talked about it like he was this old man who didn't know anything about it. Like, he was talking about Slayer, like they didn't come out of the 80s. I was like, <laughs> like, where, I don't get, I'm missing something here. I just didn't like how, like how he was talking about it. So I'm hoping this is, you know, Decent at least, but I mean, I'm just hoping it's not a comedy album. That's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping it's not the Brian Poston or whatever his name is. Oh, yeah, his was intentionally funny. Yeah, like, like taking um, was it Enter Sandman just playing it backwards? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what it was. Play the notes to it backwards. I liked his song about hardcore songs. That was really really good. Which one was that? I can't remember the name of it, but he just uh, he like kind of dissects like hardcore oh, sounds. Oh, um, uh, metal like, by numbers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, last bit of general news, and <gasps> this is it. Cue that clip. All right, Black Sabbath guitarist Tony Omi and the band's former singer Tony Martin are among the musicians who attended the unveiling ceremony for a plaque honoring legendary drummer Cozy Powell, who was played in Rainbow, Michael Schenker Group, Black Sabbath, White Snake, and Ingve Malmsteen on January 7th in England. Martin took to his Facebook page after the event to write, Well, what a great day. I attended the unveiling of Cozy Powell's memorial plaque in his hometown, along with Brian May, Neil Murray, and Tony Iommi. And to my surprise, I was greeted by Tony very warmly. It's the first conversation of any length I've had with him in 15 years. And it turns out, we may well be working together soon. That sound you hear is Dan's erection knocking shit over in my room. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll use that um, that Fipper McGee clip where it's just everything falling out of the closet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Dan's Dan we well we, we were hanging out last night and. 
Dan's sitting on the couch, and all of a sudden he says, "Oh shit!" I'm like, "What's going on?" Run He's over, like, "Run over! I shoot my phone in your face!" <laughs> Cue that clip. <laughs> and of course, you know, I update the script later that night, and it's like, "Wow, that was the first thing that popped up." Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been, I've been wanting this since, since, uh, well, obviously before day one of this podcast, and it might finally happen because you know what? It needs to happen. The closing the door on the Aussie era. Dia was unfortunately passed on. It's time. It's time to embrace the Tony Martin. <laughs> embrace it. As you can tell, Daniel is excited. As long as something happens with it, yeah. Yeah, he's not just talking out of his ass after a couple beers at the pub. I was talking to this guy named Tony. I swear to God, it was Tony Iommi, but it could have been somebody else. I mean, seriously. <laughs> Well, that's it for general news, really. Unless you got anything, Pete? No, Dan? No, no. Yeah. Just, just waiting for this this throbbing erection to go down. For some <laughs> <bit of> news. <laughs> Jesus. All right. So moving on to re- recording news. All right. After the burial, have a new album completed. Dig deep. That will be released on February nineteenth via Sumerian. This will be the first record after one of the band's two guitarists, Justin Lowe, tragically passed away in July of two thousand fifteen. All right, Voivod will be releasing the Post Society EP on February 26th, which will contain We Are Connected from a split they did with At The Gates and Forever Mountain with a split they did for, uh, with uh, Napalm Death. They will also include two new songs and a cover of Hawkwind's Silver Machine. The band has also stated in the past that there will be a new full-length album more likely in 2016. Okay. They, they just keep turning them out, so... Yeah. You know, why not? Norma Jean is hitting up the studio. Um, actually, they started this week uh, on January 7th to track its seventh full-length record. According to the fans, the band's Facebook page, the album will be 12 songs long and will be released via Solid State Records. Aren't they uh, hardcore, metalcore? Yeah, like this, like this, almost like Screamo, I think. Okay. Yeah, I just remember like getting into that, like, not totally getting into them, but like listening to a couple of the tracks with like Walls of Jericho and and bands like that. Yeah, this, so. is, this kind of sounds like you know a decade ago, yeah, more than a decade ago, um, Tower Records time, yeah. So seeing that as a seventh full length album, it, it, it's some time, yeah. So uh, some veteran bands here coming up. Uh, Diamond Head will release its first album of new material in eight years on March 11th. It's going to be a self titled effort. The disc is the first to feature new singer. Rasmus, and that's all I was going to say. <laughs> Rasmus Anderson is actually his name. Yeah. So that should be cool. Diamond Head, of course, being very influential to Megadeth and Metallica way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Another veteran group coming out with a record, Metal Church, returned with a new album, Eleven, slated for release on March 25th via Rat Pack Records. Produced by Kurt Vanderhoof, and co-produced by Chris the Wizard Collier, the band's 11th studio release also marks the return of legendary vocalist and frontman Mike Howe. I'm so fucking excited for this album. <laughs> I'm... S- <laughs> there's fish shaking. There's fish and shaking this is, and everything. The Dan is, is just all over the place yeah, with this, this one. This one, when they announced that Mike Howe was coming back into the band, Mike Howe is my favorite singer from Metal Church. I, I was super excited. I heard a track that they were doing. They kind of demoed a track 
uh, months ago, and I heard that, and I was like, oh my god, he still sounds almost the same! <laughs> and now they have the full album coming out, I'm super excited for this. So, March, what is it, March 25th? March 25th. It's not going to come soon enough. So, I'm just calling this now, that's going to be like somewhere in my top three for the month of March. So, so Pat, Reese, take notice. Yeah, you guys. Okay, we're on notice. I'm watching you. Okay. <laughs> We should probably just like I'm just going to start like writing out the whole months yeah. and just like write out what's probably going to be my top three so I can just call them at the moment. See, like that's why I didn't want to say before like like someone better lay claim to Megadeth, but it's like Ninja mm, Super Clad. <laughs> well, <laughs> we there was a new Megadeth song released this week called Dystopia, the title track of the the new album, and it was okay. Okay, it's one of those things like I really regret listening to it now because I don't want to take it out of context of the rest of the album because I'm going into it. Already with a mm, going into it soft. Yep, <laughs> it's a little low in the boater meter. Pushing that rope. <laughs> like it's going to be better than Super Clutter, but like I'm, I don't, I'm not expecting something ridiculously heavy. Any uh, again? It'd be funny so. if they went like super power metal because of the fact that they got uh, Kiko in the band now. Well, the thing is that one of the highlights of the song is actually his leads. Mm-hmm. Like his fills are ridiculously incredible and of course Chris Adler playing drums is you know it sounds powerful but it sounds like he's like they're sticking with like almost a a euthanasia slash uh, cryptic writings uh, style of writing I was gonna say like euthanasia was a great album <laughs> well I'm thinking more along the lines of cryptic writing see that the show's trying to make their black album mm. pretty much so they're kind of sticking into like a little more pop yeah yeah or, or more more approachable yeah they're trying to they're, tr- they're trying to Appeal to the masses, it seems. Gotcha. Continuing on and getting back on track here, XDO, the reactivated ancient Roman-themed arsenal fronted by Cataclysm singer, that guy, Maurizio. Did, did you write that that description? No, this is okay. copy and paste from. Uh, okay, this say. is copy and paste from Blabbermouth. I was like, dude, that's that's pretty um, that's pretty intense. Yeah, I um, I copy and paste things from like Blabbermouth and all the websites, and I cut out like the really extenuating, like really hard, uh, really unnecessary parts gotcha. but ancient Roman themed arsenal need to be in there um, <laughs> <laughs> they will release their new studio album The Immortal Wars in February of 2017 so they're giving us a year heads up on this one so get ready folks yes get but ready then forget about it for a while seeing then that get the ready fact again. that the, the, the concept is so epic the CD's main concept will deal with the Punic Wars a series of three wars fought between Rome and Carthage between, from two. 264 BC to 146 BC. You know, Pat's a history buff. I can hear him just creaming his shorts. Yeah, just just, just shining the head right now. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Well then, another album coming out March 25th is Caliban's new album Gravity, uh, and that's going to be released through Century Media. Another name I always heard, but I never knew. The I got a CD of theirs from you. Actually, it's one of the ones that you gave me. I've the- I, I, do I think actually I think I bought I gave you twenty five bucks you gave me a pile of CDs, and I've that's one of the ones. Man, so I'm awesome. <laughs> All right, Periphery, one of my um, Instruprog, not Instruprog, one of my prog metal like hard ons here. Uh, they announced that they are recording a new album for 2016. Um, the writing is already done, and they will be hitting the studio very soon to record it. So I'm looking forward to that one towards the end of the year, and be sure that it will probably be in the top three. Calling it, bitches. Okay, that's fine. Last one of um, recording news, Nervosa, the all-female thrash metal act from Sao Paulo, Brazil, will travel to the U.S. this month to record its second album. 
The process will take place at renowned The Foundation Studio in Oregon. I actually pronounced that really phonetically there. Um, which is owned by Sylvia Massey, who has worked with bands such as Exodus, Red Hot Chili Peppers, System of Down, and Tool, and uh, NorCal Studios with producer Brendan Duffy. Just, it's just funny to hear something renowned in Oregon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're not quite Seattle, but we're right around that area. Hi, we're in Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it for recording news. All right, so touring news. Let's see if there's anything exciting here. Well, Enciferum and uh, Flesh God Apocalypse will be touring together on the return of the one-man army throughout April. I did not write down whether that was in Europe or here. My bad. likely in Europe. Yeah, my bad. All right, Between the Buried and Me and August Burns Red will co-headline an upcoming North American tour with support from The Faceless and Good Tiger through March and April. Sounds like a pretty good uh, bill right there. I like uh, Between the Buried and Me and August Burns Red. All right, Intronaut will kick off a North American tour this March with support from The Ocean, which is one of my, you know, (laughs) prog metal bands, (laughs) and North. The whole thing is sponsored by Metal Injection, and Intronaut says of their set list, to give you an idea of our show, we are planning on playing all the songs from the direction of the last things, as well as some songs from all our past records. We are also working hard on a beefed-up visual production that should take you from zero to I'm freaking out, man, in record time. Yeah, I heard a bit of that that previous album because we uh, we covered it briefly. Yes, we did. Ago. Um, this might be a show I'd want to see. Yeah, um, and I love The Ocean. Their last record, uh, The Pelagial, was really fucking good. Mm. And they when they released it, they released their... F- the, they released two versions of it. They released the one with vocals and the one instrumental. And both, both listening to it both ways is fucking incredible so and I would love to see them live they probably play like three songs and that would be their entire set because they are long alright moving on Act of Defiance which features uh, members of uh, ex-members of Megadeth uh, have announced a North America tour for the end of January through mid-February um, The Nevermen uh, featuring Mike Patton in one of his many 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 bands <laughs> Uh, featuring Mike Patton, TV on the radio vocalist slash programmer Tunde, and rapper Adam Drucker have announced more dates to their scheduled uh, tour in Europe. Um, they're adding some dates in Europe, more dates in Europe. They added a New York City date and an LA date. The band will be touring in support of their self-titled debut due out January 29th. I don't know if you guys heard anything from that. I listened to like one track and I was like, well, I think with Mike Patton, as far as like, like, I think my liking of it would be hit or miss. Cause he does pull off some weird stuff. He does, he so. does. But this one was just a little too. I think it was a little too hap- um, hip hop for me. I'm not the biggest fan of it. So, oh, I'd have to hear it. I think if, if I think he could pull it off and and, and have, sure it sound, have it sound decent at least. So, I still right. have to I still have to catch up with a lot of his stuff. So, yeah, there is a lot. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Last bit of touring news here for me, anyway. Uh, Darkest Hour will once again perform their 2005 album Undoing Ruin in full this year with a series of full album performances booked next month, February. Um, all the dates are in Texas, Houston, Dallas, Austin, here in San Antonio, and McKellen, Texas. Yeah. So suck on that, motherfucker. <laughs> right. 
And that's a bit last bit of touring news I got. Pete, you see you got something today. Well, I don't know if it qualifies as touring news per se, but I thought it was pretty interesting. Nargoroth, who are German black metalers, uh, they made the legendary black metalist Krieg album. They actually did a couple of shows uh, in the UK. One was today and one was yesterday. Uh, I think they played Glasgow yesterday and today was in London. Uh, so I thought that was pretty interesting. I'm hoping maybe there's going to be some footage of that because uh, those guys put on... A pretty amazing show, and those yeah. guys are like old school, like cult black metal. Do they nice. not tour very much? Or I, I guess um, not really, like because I can't, I can't remember the last time they went on tour. To be honest, like yeah. so, it's it's been a while. All right, well that's it for touring news, man. So let's go on to heavy metal in the charts, which. You know, we we knew what's we know what's coming. Yeah, we knew it was we, coming. We know it's coming. And I wrote this as 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 expected. All right. Motorhead's most recognizable tune, 1980s Ace of Spades, has landed on multiple Billboard charts for the first time, actually. And of course, this happens less than two weeks after the death of Lemmy. Ace of Spades entered the Hot Rock Songs chart at number 12, with the bulk of its chart points from streams, obviously. The track also debuted on Rock Streaming Songs chart at number 24, after accruing 1.8 million U.S. streams in the week ending December 31st, up 1,096% from one forty from 149,000, according to Nielsen Music. Ace of Spades also came in at number 8 on the Hard Rock Digital Songs chart with 8,000 downloads, a 2,151% increase. All right, Motorhead's final album, Bad Magic, re-entered the Hard Rock Albums chart at number 11, with 2,000 copies sold, a 265% gain. Oh, just 2,000 copies, and it's at number 11. Uh, that's not that's that's oh, not the top two. Album. Yeah, it's not hard the top 200. Album. Okay, I was about to say, not the top like, 200. What? But, you know. As unfortunately, it did not make the top 200. Yeah. Um, but what did is uh, Queen's greatest hits with a big jump from 65. No, 265 from 174. That's pretty intense. Yeah. Here's something that's pretty intense. From out of nowhere, the Beatles have many records on the chart. They have their greatest hits number one, which I did not put down their chart position because that's actually still pretty high. Mm -hmm. Abbey Road at 77. The White Album at 79. Sgt. Pepper's is back on the charts at 121. And Rubber Soul is back on the charts at 158. Um, I'm trying to speculate why that would be. Well, there actually, I didn't write down all of them, but there's a lot of greatest hits records on here. I mean, I wrote down... Queen's Greatest Hits, Nirvana was back on the charts with their Greatest Hits at 83. But I mean, so much with the Beatles, so much of a so, surge? Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, didn't... When was... When, what month was he? Wasn't he shot in December? Yes, he was. He so, was shot December 7th, the same day that um, Dimebag was. So maybe Aftermath? But that's that's three weeks after the fact. I mean, this is this was the charts that ended, like, Jan uh, December 31st. Yeah. So maybe something happened Beatles related that I'm completely missing. But I miss a lot of things. So. Yeah, I really do. I I was very surprised when I was scrolling through and like not just like the greatest hits one. I expected that because that was reissued and we talked about that a while. But actual albums. Yeah. So folks, if you know why this happened, please let us know. Yeah, please. Um, Disturbed, immortalized, still on the charts, but down from 76 to 81. I mentioned Nirvana already. Hey, bring me the horizon. That's the spirit is uh, back on the charts at 89. Woot. Yeah, pretty big jump from uh, zero. Uh, Five Finger Death Punch, Got Your Six. 
Got yo six. Yep. To go away. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not going away anytime soon because it was at eighty-one last week, but it's down to ninety-one. Not that much of a fall. Yeah. So when it gets when it gets beyond the two hundred, I will stop saying it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yo six. Trans-Siberian Orchestra, the newest one. Letters from the Labyrinth down to one hundred nine from fifty-nine, and that is the only record they have on the charts. Christmas is over, people. Christmas is over. The Black Album down. Uh, to 112 from 93. Mm-hmm. Surprise, surprise, Guns N' Roses' greatest hits is back on the charts at 115 after the announcement that they are back together. So everyone can remember what Guns N' Roses was like when they were, uh, you know, good. <laughs> yeah. Slipknot, the great chapter, is back on the charts at 152. That's a random one. Right? And Back in Black at 157, up from 197. That's nuts. And like good. I said, there are a couple other ones that are, like, greatest hits-wise. Of course, Journey, Fleetwood Mac, Foo Fighters, just a lot of greatest hits on there, so that was probably um, year-end streaming. Streaming and, and purchases you, for Christmas. And yeah, stuff. and probably like New Year's Eve parties and all that nonsense. Yeah. Okay, so that's it for Heavy Metal in the Charts. I think it's time for a social media highlight. All right. Yeah, you lead that one yeah. off because you got a long one, buddy. Yeah, I mean, I, hopefully I won't read all of this but I, <laughs> well, this one was going to be your album review um or album discussion for the week and then we were like ah you're you're talking a lot about the band itself so and this one is kind of interesting because where they're from their sound is great so mm-hmm. go take it away awesome so reviewing black hour <laughs> second album sins remain so black hour hails from islamabad of pakistan and so before i kind of get into the review i think it's important kind of you know as you're mentioning dan to kind of talk about the background of the pakistani metal scene like when you think about countries that are putting out metal i mean like pakistan isn't really entering the immediately entering the conversation um but over the last two decades uh they've had like a rise in their pop rock scene and now there's like this emerging uh metal scene uh happening over there I mean, their metal style is clearly influenced by Western artists, uh, especially like from the British um, new wave of heavy metal. Um, and similar to you know the folk metal scene in Scandinavian countries, a lot of Pakistani metal has uh, like traditional uh, musical influences uh, interspersed in their in their tracks. So they'll feature a lot of traditional uh, Pakistani instruments in their tracks. Um, since about like the mid two thousands, the metal as a genre has become much more popular in the country. Um, Especially in the more cosmopolitan area, like areas such as Islamabad, uh, Lahore, and Karachi, and uh, you can pretty much find a wide range of styles similar to Western scenes, with everything from power and prog uh, being featured amongst these artists. And I think as like the politics and the people of the country continue to change, we can only expect that there's gonna be more coming out um, from the country. So all of this kind of sets the stage for Black Hour, um, which is really kind of this. Tradi- like classic heavy metal band uh, that really just knows its roots. Um, they have their brand of power field metal is very obviously inspired by Iron Maiden, Iced Earth, and even classic rock bands like the Scorpions. So on Sins Remains, um, it, it really seems like Black Hour is specializing in these kind of uh, 
catchy power anthems, you know, with tracks like uh, Wind of Change, uh, really feeling a resemblance to uh, Mark of the Beast, uh, or excuse me, Number of the Beast uh, by Iron Maiden. The lead vocalist, uh, his name is Taya Bremen, and he's just got these amazing set of pipelines. I mean, he, his vocal range like really rivals a lot of like the old like classic metal groups from the '80s and '90s. Um, and he, he sings with such a great kind of passion, and he, I mean, it, his vocals keep you engaged throughout the whole thing. I mean, the the, the album itself is only about five tracks. It's only five tracks, uh, but even like in the relatively short. I guess runtime it's still like very very um it's very entertaining to be honest I mean it's it's a solid kind of metal album um it also features like a generous amount of dual harmonizing guitars um sweeping guitar solos which of course any metalhead's going to be a fan of and I think the most interesting song on the album uh is the title track which kind of starts off as this slow picked acoustic ballad in the vein of like Queensrÿche I guess and it quickly progresses into a sweeping, fast-paced, classical metal power track. So in and of itself, the album is a solid one, um, even if it's just a little bit short. But when you add into the context of where the album is coming from, it's difficult to not really see it as being just a, a little bit better, you know, because of it. Um, I think as a band, Black Hour clearly has a lot of potential. Their talent is on display throughout this album. And it's something we're checking out. This is definitely a band to keep an eye on. And... We can only hope that there's going to be more good music like this coming out of Pakistan. And you're going to be able to find Black Hour at their official website, blackhourofficial.com, on Facebook at facebook.com at blackhourofficial, slash blackhourofficial, and on Twitter at twitter.com slash blackhour2007. Don't they also have a Bandcamp page? They do have a Bandcamp page. I believe that one is... I have to double check because I think they actually named that one after the album name. So it's like sinsremains dot uh, bandcamp dot com something like that. Yeah, that's, that that's awesome. how I heard the album. And it was it was really good. Yeah, so it's really really good. Yeah. Awesome. I definitely want to look into that because um, I told you the other day I, uh, about the we wa- I watched a documentary Heavy Metal Baghdad, which is about a cross and that's one of the things that kind of led me into like checking out more. Middle Eastern bands, especially across Jakarta, and then I have a book I read called Heavy Metal Islam, which features uh, Orphan Land pretty um, prominently, and that's what led me to listen to that their last record, and that was just an eye opener because it was so good. Yeah, the tracks I heard from Orphan Land are intense. Yeah, they're really, really good. Yeah. So. Just good to hear that more tunes are coming out from that part of the world. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was looking them up, I mean, there's like a it's quite a few different ones like that are starting to come out. So hopefully, you know, we'll be able to kind of um, if if they release more albums, we'll be able to feature them out here. Yeah, and that's why the internet's such a glorious thing for some things like this. That's why we do social media highlights. Yeah, that's exactly why we do it for you people to <laughs> to learn about more things in the world. Well, my social media highlights a little bit closer to home. Um, the band's called Via the Verge, and they're a progressive metal band from Oklahoma. Losing all of my strength, I try to 
Uh, they followed me on Twitter a little while ago, but I just recently got a notification that they followed me again. So I was kind of curious by that, and that is like, you know what? Let me finally give these guys a listen. Um, but these bands, this band is in the same vein as the Contortionist, Animals as Leaders, a little bit of Devin Townsend, Protest the Hero, Periphery, Veil of Maya, Born of Isis, and Tesseract. So right up my alley. I mean, these guys know who I am pretty much. <laughs> um, the clean vocals are really good, while the harsh vocals actually use a lot uh, more sparingly than you would you would think, considering some of the sounds from the band. If you like that kind of music, like like I said, Tesseract or Periphery and um, like that, this is definitely right up your alley. I really enjoyed it. Um, you can find them on Facebook.com slash Via The Verge, Instagram and Twitter at Via The Verge, and their self-titled EP is available at ViaTheVerge.Bandcamp.com. I did not have a social media highlight this week because I was busy editing a top three video. Which you can find on YouTube. <laughs> Which I will discuss later. All right. Well, speaking of discussing, I think we're up to our discussion point for the weekend. Dan, you came up with this one. Yeah. Um, this was kind of like a, like a, oh, shit, I have no idea what to do. Oh, crap. Guns N' Roses reuniting, I think. Maybe. Maybe. Possibly. Sort of kind of. Possibly. Off, eh. But um, my – I was just kind of throwing out random ideas about reunions. Um, just because, you know, in recent years we've had a couple of reunions happen – um, some of which were not nece necessary, uh, some of which were very good, um, some some things we want to see. So let's see, we're just going to talk in general about reunions. Let's start off with reunions that have happened that were successful. My first one here, I'm going to mention Alice in Chains. Yes. Because, again, it's not necessarily, I don't want to necessarily say it's a reunion, but it is the band coming back together, the original, the band as it was before the hiatus with Lance Daly's death. Um, the band, as it was, coming back together with a new singer. Close enough to reunion. Um, but they've released two albums of great material. Yes. And it's, it's great to see them still performing and still being as popular. Yeah, yeah. I think that they definitely came back stronger than ever. And um, just being, like like you said, they came out with two really good records. It wasn't like they came back with a new singer and, they, and the album sucked. Yeah. They came back this is kind of like almost like with the same situation as ACDC. ACDC came back with Black and Black and Brian Johnson as their singer, and they just pretty much have released solid material ever since. Yeah. And that's the same way I feel about Alice in Chains right now. Um, they haven't changed their sound. Yeah, it's gotten pretty much you know better. Yeah, I think I think the way that they were leading towards with the self-titled album, and then what Jerry Cantrell did with his solo records, especially Degradation Trip. That's what Alice in Chains sounds like now, and it's it's really really good stuff. Yeah. I mean, the harmonies are still there, as far as vocally, the guitar, the the music sounds still like Alice in Chains. Mm. The only thing is, you know, and this is just gonna be me nitpicking, but you know, 
you can't match Lane's Daily. But for what they've got, they have it pretty goddamn good. Yeah. So, so that's definitely one. Um, and second one that I have written down here is an obvious one. It's fucking Faith No More. Yeah, we talked about that earlier. Yeah. Um, Faith No More coming back together after 17 years doesn't feel like a bad thing, doesn't feel like a cash grab. It feels like, hey guys, we needed some time apart. Now we're back together and we still kick ass. Yeah, definitely like, it feels very genuine. You yeah, can yeah. Actually, when we saw them perform in, in Houston back in July, you can feel the authenticity of what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't just a bunch of dudes who hated each other 17 years ago getting back together and like not even looking at each other on stage. These guys are into it. And it's refreshing to see that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. especially from that kind of band. Because with the resurgence of like the reunions of like some new metal bands, you know that these guys are just cashing in on nostalgia. Mm -hmm. Guys who are my age, feeling old, who want to feel young again. Mm -hmm. So this doesn't feel like that. This feels like genuine, mature adults coming together to make awesome music. Yeah. And, you know, they, they were able to not only, you know, release a new album that sounds like anything else in their past catalog. It doesn't sound like they, they – it sounds like the exact follow-up to Album of the Year, as it should have been. Um, and then they go out and they perform live, and it's still – they still put on a great show. They mm-hmm. they are they are the ideal way that bands like that should reunite. It sounds, it sounds and seems perfect and genuine. Mm-hmm. So – that's all I had written down for the ones I'm happy about. Um, I don't know what you guys had. I mean, I don't know if y'all are going to hit me for this, but I thought about Immortal, actually, on a cu- for a couple of different reasons. So, yes, they broke up now. Cue that clip. Dump that car! That's fine. <laughs> I, I deserve that. <laughs> but, so, here's You're writing down how many times you have to put Yeah, because last time I had to go find the car. <laughs> He's got a tally sheet here. This is ridiculous. <laughs> we do it to ourselves. Um, I know, I know. So, okay, Immortal initially took a hiatus in 2003, right? And then they came back in 2006. So technically, um, I mean, that qualifies, I guess, as a reuniting, right? And they put out All Shall Fall, which was a really damn good album. And they actually went on, I actually caught them on their North American tour during that period of time. I think it was like 2011, 2012, around there. Um, and, they were, and it seemed like, you know, Things were going fucking great for them. I thought they were going to put out more stuff, but then yeah, now we have the current nonsense. situation. Yeah, so. Um, but at least I, you don't have you don't have two immortals going out there right now. You have a bath doing his thing, right, and then yeah. immortal doing their thing. So that's that's always good. Yeah, you don't need that kind of dickery going on. Yeah, yeah. one Roman reunion I actually thoroughly enjoyed was the Soundgarden reunion. After yeah. 13 years, they came back with a very solid record. They've been doing their tours, and I mean, the first taste I got of new Soundgarden was the song that's at the end of the Avengers. Um, so, uh, movie something something rise or whatever something like that yeah. which unfortunately wasn't on the album but then the album was was just a solid release I mean they they kind of strayed away from the whole really grungy sound of like um, super unknown and they went for their later just good general hard rock sound and I think it's perfect especially considering what how big like Audio Slave was mm-hmm. and for Chris Cornell to let that just die and then pick up his old band I think is great. Yeah, I, I actually forgot to mention them because I, I was writing down stuff earlier and I I, I forgot. But I, I haven't li- given their new stuff a close enough listen. So I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be as good. Uh, I felt the what I did hear of it, it was a little bit more you know mellowed out even beyond yeah. what, what uh, they did on like Down on the Upside and all mm-hmm. that. Um, but I'm hoping to still enjoy it. Well, I, I, I think they, just go, they went for a more mature sound. I mean, 
I love Pearl Jam, and they don't sound anything like they used to sound like on like Versus or Ten. Yeah. They've become a good, really good hard rock band, yeah. which is why they have maintained their not necessarily their mainstream popularity, but their fan base has followed them for decades. Yeah. And I think Soundgarden is doing the same exact thing. Anything else? Uh, about bands that came back together that worked? Yes, that, that, that we felt was, was good. Mm, nothing off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we can also... Oh. Do we, will we count... Will we count... Well, wait. At the gates. Oh, yeah. Well... Oh, and we mentioned earlier today Carcass. Yeah, Carcass. Carcass. Carcass with yeah. Surgical Steel this uh, last year. Yeah, that, that, that was their first record in a long time. Really and that good. was really good. Yeah. Got me into the band. Mm-hmm. So... And would we count reunions with when like a singer left the band and for a long period of time then came back to the band for his example maiden judas priest i wouldn't necessarily consider that because there's okay. a lot of things you can do with that okay um there's like, almost too many that you can name for that kind of thing um we can actually do a whole discussion about members we would like to have back in certain bands but mm-hmm. i think this is like reunion of like a band split apart and, and they, came they, back they, they okay came back together okay um, I'm actually like just looking through some of the uh, the news feeds. You see a lot about that nowadays. Like bands who were really popular like, 20 years ago and like recorded like maybe one album mm-hmm. are coming back together like randomly. Oh, well, actually, you know one that we uh, we mentioned in the the most recent top three video, sixth. Yeah, they their reunion after what nine years or so, something like with that. The new Opacities EP. Again, I knew nothing about this band before this CD, and now I want to know everything. About <laughs> So, so if they are if they are this good coming back, I'm hoping that they're even better from what they were before. So, that's definitely a good reunion right there. Yeah. That, that seems to be working for me. Anything else? I, I guess some of the reunions you can think of is like some of the uh, the doom metal, sludge metal bands. Um, I hate God getting back together, or at least rec- releasing a new album mm. last year. After Jimmy Bauer's been doing so much with Down. Same thing with Crowbar. Kirk Winstein leaving Down to do Crowbar and releasing a very fantastic record on top of that. But did, did those bands ever like really go That's away? the thing. I'm not really sure. I feel like that they were just kind of like, uh, like I, hey, we're going we're gonna to do our separate projects and go on hiatus, yeah. but we're not breaking up. Or then you can then also the reunion of Corrosion Conformity. Yeah. First with the just original three guys. Now they have Pepper back in the band. So that's a pretty big reunion right there, especially if, if for fans of the Deliverance album, which I am a huge fan of. Yeah. So that's that would be pretty cool, mm-hmm. and that's been working out for them really well too. So I'm um, just looking, just, just looking around at our, just looking the around music the CDs here. here. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well. I guess uh, after a while, Tool would be almost considered a reunion because they haven't done shit since 2006. Well, well, they, they've, they've apparently wanted to, so you can't really, yeah, yeah. Can't really say much there, honestly. They, and again, they were one that like never necessarily broke up. They exactly. were just on hiatus. Same thing with um, Mudvayne. Mudvayne's definitely not broken up. They're, they are on a hiatus because they're all doing separate shit. Well, I mean, that would be a tough thing to get back together considering that Chad is still in Hell Yeah and they fired the guitarist who was in Mudvayne and Hell Yeah. So that might be a little difficult to do. But the thing is, then again, you also got Slipknot, who they fired, uh, Stone Sour fired Jim Root, and Jim Root and Corey Taylor are both in, were in both bands. So so it goes. Professionalism, people. So it goes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think we'll leave it there for the ones that we are happy about with, mm-hmm. with their reunions. Oh, how about 
just Black Sabbath. I'm happy. I'm okay. <laughs> I can eat. <laughs> well, okay. Black you could say you could say that about Black Sabbath. Well, no, cuz even again that's that's a matter of a different singer for them. Actually, no. The original reunion from 1999 with the original Fantastic. Form, yes, that that I would consider to be a reunion because of the fact that the lineup for Black Sabbath changed so many times over the years. As of 1995 with the Forbidden album, it was just Iomi. So getting the original members back, I would consider that a full-on reunion. But that was also 16 years ago. So, well, I'm, I, yeah. So uh, it, it did work for the time. I short. was also thinking about the most recent reunion, considering that Iomi and Geezer were performing as he- uh, Heaven and Hell. Mm. Uh, with Dio, so that was a that was a band. With Black Dio, Sabbath was not a band with at the Dio time. and Vinnie Appice. Yeah, but so. Black Sabbath was not a band at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was they were performing Black Sabbath tracks, but they were not a band. Yeah. They reunited. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go with it. I'll go with it. So I'm okay with it, and especially if it's this is truly the last Black Sabbath tour. The Black Sabbath Aussie fronted tour. Yeah, I would say awesome. So, all right, moving Let, on. Now. Let's talk about reunions that are not necessary. Guns and Roses. Skid Row. Okay, hold on. <laughs> First, let's stop. Let's stop right there, and we'll we'll get Guns and Roses out of the way. The reunion with Guns and Roses altogether not necessary. Be considering the train wreck, train wreck that is the name Guns and Roses <laughs> post nineteen ninety. Post nineteen eighty seven. What are you talking <laughs> no, about? No, 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 no. I'm talking about like like that was that was that was like um, Guns N' Roses from nineteen eighty seven to nineteen ninety four to the spaghetti incident was like that scene in Spider Man two where Spider Man's holding onto the fucking train. Something's keeping it together <laughs> somehow, some way. Then it just went completely off the rails, and we got Die Hard three. We got Skyfall. <laughs> That's what happened. Wow. <laughs> Name another movie where a train derails. <laughs> The Fugitive. The Fugitive. Damn, wow. <laughs> that is my... a train wreck for all and all train wrecks right there. I didn't kill there. my wife. I don't care. <laughs> but <laughs> with with the, the name Guns N' Roses has become kind of a train wreck, especially all the shit with Axl Rose and yada, yada, yada. Actually, because of all the shit with Axl Rose. It, it's just it, it's just synonymous with shit yeah. going wrong. Yeah, and, and, and as, considering the fact that we know that Axl Rose is not equipped to perform well anymore. You know, if you've seen him in the last few years, I, I'm pretty sure you anyone would agree that he's a little bit rough around the edges. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel it's necessary. This feels like a cash grab. If I see videos that, that make it seem cool, huzzah to that. Well, but... considering what they're asking for per show, $3 million per show, and oh, yeah. ticket prices are ranging from 250 to 275 this is what they're look. this is what they're... The rumors are right now. Mm-hmm. It is most certainly a cash grab. Yeah, it's, just look at the numbers. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, I mean, they're not the goddamn Rolling Stones. They can't ask that kind of money. Yeah. At least the Rolling Stones, well into their fucking seventies now, can still perform. Yeah. So it's it's, it's horribly unnecessary. Yeah. Um, you said Skid Row. I said Skid Row. Skid Row, as in reuniting with Sebastian, Sebastian Bach. Bach. Um. Partial exclusion because of the fact that it's one member of the band when the band continued on. Mm-hmm. But, I mean... The, people have been clamoring for this since Sebastian left the band. But Skid Row and was now, never that great of a band. 
Yeah, now even Sebastian Bach is saying, like, yeah, it would be great to sit down with those guys and hash things out and do it again. I think my favorite thing about that is, like, he's saying that, and then you can imagine the band in the background going, Nah, nah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that shit, nah. <laughs> and that's pretty much what it is. Like he tweeted that out, and then like it's been mentioned before that the the bassist like absolutely hates this motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Like there's absolutely no way that the guy wants to sit down and talk to this guy. You know, let alone play a fucking show with him. Mm-hmm. You know, get him on the stage. He might just smack him in the face. Yeah. So it's just it's just something that they talk about all the time. That is just it's just unnecessary I mean Sebastian Bach has been doing his solo career for a long time now and Skid Row has been a band without Sebastian Bach for longer than Sebastian Bach was in the band stop talking about it it's kind of how I feel about um... please say Sepultura yes thank you that's that's how I feel about Sepultura everyone wants Max Cavalier to come back he was there for 10 years they made some good albums but I will say this again as Sepultura with Max Cavalier progressed I think their albums got weaker I think their older stuff was fantastic, and ending it with Roots, like I just kind of was very indifferent to that album. Yeah, we were talking about that earlier, mm-hmm. that Roots was kind of like, almost like, between Roots and Corn. that was kind of like knocking the door down for new Metal yeah. in general. Uh, and then he just carried on, Max carried on that sound of kind of like world slash new Metal into Soulfly. Mm-hmm. And um, and then Sepultura just come on doing what they were doing yeah. with uh, Andreas writing songs. So Well, I listened to... Um... I had I had the album Against by Sepultura, the first one they did without Max. Um, and I listened to Nation recently. And they're not spectacular albums, but they're they're not trying to be something of the times. They were yeah, just doing right. Sepultura shit. And you know, again, it wasn't necessarily a great material, but it was it was at least them doing their own thing. And That's like, integrity. I'm integrity. I need to hear um I I bought the other ones, um, the last two albums, Kairos and um The Mediator uh so on and so on. Yeah, the, the words. I want to hear those because, again, now that um, Derek's been in the band for such a long time, I want to hear how they've all kind of melded together because mm-hmm. I think out of the entire band, isn't uh, Andreas the only original member? I think so, yeah. Because so, obviously uh, Igor left, or Igor, Igor left. Igor and Max are gone. Yeah, then, Igor, they, they did Cavalier Conspiracy and, and whatnot, yeah. which is pretty much sounds like Soulfly, but with both Cavaliers in the band. Yeah. So... so um, yeah, I, I'm I'm not really worried about seeing a, a Sepultura reunion with the Cavaleras. Mm. Uh, I have one that isn't necessarily metal, but I feel like it needs to be mentioned. Anything Van Halen at this Thank point. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> anything, they were right up there. Anything Van Halen at this point oh my does gosh. not need to happen. No, it doesn't. It's, again, it's going to be another, another train wreck because yeah. there's always something going wrong. Um, I don't like David Lee Roth. I can't fucking stand David Lee Roth. Um, so. I, I hate him as as a person. Like I can listen to him singing songs. I like like all the old Van Halen stuff. Even their last record was okay, mm. like very mediocre but lis- listenable. I just can't stand him as a person. I I just with a lot of their older stuff and a lot of their their bigger hits. I hate all those breakdowns where he's just talking. I hate them all. Mm. Um, Obviously, I can lend, I can give credence to that one. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I'm I'm likely one of those assholes that that, that prefers Sammy Hagar era yeah. over over Van Hagar. Over, oh my god! Which I, side of the which side did you take? <laughs> Sammy Hagar. He's a cop. <laughs> I was barely born. At <laughs> Come on, airheads! I know. I'm just airheads. I'm just saying. I love it. I'm just saying. But, He's um, a cop. But yeah, we don't. 
we don't really need more of this crap going forward. Like, really oh, really now don't. we got Sammy Hagar back. Now we got David Lee Roth back. Oh man, this tour sucks. And, and you always hear like about the horribleness that is like everything that happens on the road. Mm-hmm. You know, Eddie Van Halen won't talk to Sammy Hagar before they go on stage. On stage, they're cold as ice to each other. They can barely finish the set without giving each other a death stare and slapping each other in the face. You don't. Yeah, you just don't, don't need it. Yeah, we we don't need that anymore. And the thing is, people pay good money to see this kind of crap. Um, so that's all I had for not necessary reunions because I didn't put too much thought into it because it's just going to make my oh, blood Oh, here's blood. another one. I'm sorry. We talked about Led Zeppelin. Oh, yeah. You mentioned that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't need to happen. That, all right. It, 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 it sort of happened. Um, it did in 2007. They yeah. played that one big show that was for that record executive who passed away. They recorded it for a DVD. They released that DVD. Okay. Let it die. Mm-hmm. Robert Plant has been doing amazing solo works ever since he's been out of... Led Zeppelin, Jimmy Page has done some solo work. He remastered all the records. He's now recording again. Mm-hmm. John Paul Jones has his hands in many different things, including them Crooked Vultures, which is awesome. Yeah. And, you know, Jason Bonham has been playing with just about everybody. He doesn't need Led Zeppelin. He has Foreigner. He has he was in Black Country Communion. He was in this other band. I mean, these guys have lives outside of Zeppelin. It just doesn't need to happen. Yeah, we already know how I feel about Led Zeppelin, so I'm like, yeah, totally don't want more Led Zeppelin. Oh, and one more, mm-hmm. Pantera, because it would not be a Pantera reunion, it would be a Pantera tribute. Pretty much. Yeah. So we don't need that to happen. No. People need to get off of Anselmo and Vinnie, Vinnie Paul's dick about it. They really do. Yeah, I mean, like, if they make up and everything, that's cool. They collaborate in some way in the future, that's cool. If there's there a is- show where, like, Down's playing, Vinnie Paul comes out, Rex Brown comes out, they play some Pantera tracks with That's somebody. Cool. Awesome. Just do not call it a Pantera reunion without Dimebag. Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> it is it be disrespectful to the legacy of the band as a whole mm-hmm. to do that. It'd just be like we talked about before if Motorhead had tried to continue without Lemmy. Yeah. It's the same fucking thing. Yeah. Not happening. Um, so lastly... <clears throat> Reunions that we want. Well, I want. I know these. They've been. Re, they've these two bands have been reunited for shows. Mm-hmm. But I want new records. Is one of them System of a Down? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> I was gonna say you better miss System of a Down. Yes. And Rage Against the Machine. I was actually just thinking about them because I've never been a huge Rage Against the Machine fan, but their reunion seems to have a good amount of steam. That you know they could release something. New. I'm just not sure how a new album from them would be received by the public at this point. Well, I think it would probably be received very well, only because of the fact that they're a very political band and we are in a very heated uh, political atmosphere or environment right now, mm-hmm. that something like that would probably be huge. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with the way that Tom Morello is very active, still to this day, in in politics and his his activism, uh, he has the Night Watchman, which is a, his thing, and then um, he's just very involved all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think piss him off enough, I think he'd be able to write a really good fucking record. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just really want to have something of his that's not the Night Watchman because I don't listen to that stuff. I think it's mostly acoustic stuff. I want him to just kind of scrape away what he did with Audio Slave, which is so much pop rock, and record something that's fucking angry again. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. And I love um, the the rhythm section 
Uh, Tim Comerford is a great bassist for that band. Brad Wilk played on 13 with Black Sabbath. He got some chops, mm. and he's got definitely a solid sound to him. And Zach De La Roca's delivery is just fucking incredible. So I think that would be an incredible reunion album to have. But you're right. It has to be with that same kind of... I want to say like anger. Yeah, like the, they have the, to be. They pissed. used to have like they have to be pissed. I I, th- I think, as you were saying, the political environment of the country now. I think that this would be a time for them. Yeah, like, absolutely. I'm willing to bet that Tom Morello is anti-Trump. Oh, he, just a little bit. If he were to come back, <laughs> he would probably like build his career on the anger toward that and just make a straight comeback mm. or something to that effect. Mm. So. Um, if they were going to come back, I think somewhere around now would be that time. Yeah, so. I, that's that's I like. Ever since they started doing those those shows again, I was like, when is an album coming out? When? Did when? You, when? When? Have when, you when? seen any of that footage? Do they still put on a great show? I haven't seen any of it, but I can only imagine. I mean, their music is just still this test of time. It still sounds as fresh now as it did then. My always my concern is always with um, vocalists. Well, he wasn't very a very good vocalist to begin with, so I can only imagine that him getting older just makes it more raspy. So he was never he never he wasn't a singer, so it's not like we have to really worry about him hitting notes or anything like that. It's just him being able to maybe keep up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm sure he can. So yeah. So there, that's that one, and then System of a Down has been doing reunion shows. That one from Armenia that they they streamed on on YouTube is fantastic. Yep. Um, I just don't know what the state of the band is right now because I know they do be doing these shows, but is there still animosity or there's, there's from what um, I think it was, um, I think it was the bass player, I think it was Shavo, um, or the either the bass player or the drummer, not the two the main two main guys. guys. They they were saying like there's still a lot that they need to work through, so uh, you know they they were never really one to publicly air whatever's going on between Thankfully. them. Thankfully, like you you knew that there was something there. Especially yeah. the last time we saw them on that Ozfest show, like they were, they looked pissed off. Yeah. Um, but I would like things to kind of get figured out there because I was saying during our new metal discussion, like they were, I felt like they were poised to do some incredible stuff beyond um, mesmerize and hypnotize, and it just stopped. Yeah, those two, those that that double record right there. I'm considering a double record period, yeah. but those records were so good mm-hmm. like if they if they were to just like never do anything ever again that's such a peak to go out on but the thing is there's there was so much potential to do more yeah because they, they're still doing their their whole their, all their solo stuff their solo stuff you know Surge solo stuff is good um when we saw it live i have uh, elect the dead um very good album um scars on broadway i've listened to a little bit of a lot more erratic. Mm-hmm. It's basically what you'd expect from them, like taking apart System of a Down. Yeah, you, you got the melodic side with Surge, a little bit crazy, and then you got like the more erratic side with uh, Scars on Broadway. Yeah, so they're doing what you expect them to do, but putting that back together would make some more awesome music, and I would like to see that back together. Yeah, so I th- those would be my top two bands to come back, mm-hmm. like anytime now, guys. Please, for the love of God. For me, it'd be uh, Dismember, which was a Swedish death metal band. Uh, they disbanded in, I think it was 2011, after about eight albums. And they're one of those bands that was always really consistent with their music. They never uh, 
really change much of their of their sound. Like you always knew what the kind of what kind of death metal you were gonna get. Um, and I would just, I mean, I would love to see them come back. When they uh, broke up, it was like they just released a really quick statement with that. It was just like you know, after I think it was like twenty years, we've just decided to stop playing, and that was it. Peace, we're out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. <laughs> um. Are you done? Yeah. Okay. Um, I have a bunch, actually. Oh, shit. Um, so, first things first, to go with our discussion earlier, and not sure if it fully counts, but Tony Martin singing for Black Sabbath. I'm always keen for that. Clip. Always keen. No, I'm not going to cue that clip. I'm not going to cue that clip. Nah, fuck it. I'm going to cue that clip. Cue that clip. Jump that cock! Write it down. 115. Tally. <laughs> um, but I'm always keen for that, just because, again... You have you're getting you're closing the door on the Aussie era. Dio has passed on. Uh, Glenn Hughes has worked again with Iomi on solo stuff. That's cool. But I could totally go for another Tony Martin album. Well, uh, you're not going to get than forbidden. It's probably not going to be a Black Sabbath. It's going to be a, an Iomi record. That's fine. That's honestly fine. Um, I just I would like to hear it again, just because I love what they accomplished together for three and a half out of five of the albums. So, um, obviously that's always on the list. I've heard that this band is coming back together, um, but I haven't heard much beyond that, but CKY. Ooh. CKY oh. has had a lot of random issues. They they seem to have broken up when people left, this well, and the other thing. That, I remember a couple of years ago, this is like, I want to say like when I first moved down here over four years ago, yeah. uh, Darren left the band. Yeah. And they got the singer from 10 Year Disaster in. Mm. And I listened to one video clip of it and it sucked mm. hated it mm. hated it hated it I cannot picture CKY with anybody else singing but Darren mm. and if he's coming back in the band they reunite and they do another album I'm so on fucking board for this I heard somewhere in the last year and a half that they are they they patched things up and they are back together but it went silent completely after that they're so probably I still working some shit out yeah so I don't know what's going on I think um, I think uh, Chad Ginsburg, Ginsburg did his like a solo album Oh really? Yeah, he did something with by himself huh. um, in the last two three years or so, but I feel like they are back together, but nothing's happened. I don't know, but I would I want to hear another album from them, especially considering that the last one was really good. Yeah, so. I think I I have no complaints about any of their music. I think all their albums have been fantastic. We've seen them live so many times. Yeah, it's they they, they are, are a, great, a great live band. Their their guitar sound is unlike any other, and his vocals are unlike any other. Yeah. So, I mean that just the whole package of that band is is something very unique. Yeah, and and it's again it's a damn shame that it had to kind of go in this wayward direction. You know, it, it, who knows what the hell happened? But they seem like a volatile bunch. Yeah. But here's hoping that they get back together and make another great album. Uh, next one for me personally is Dead Soul Tribe. Oh yeah, I know you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They they I, I don't know what Devin Graves. What, what what he does honestly, because <laughs> he he um he was in Psychotic Waltz for a while. He quit Psychotic Waltz because he felt he was the weakest member of the band as far as musicianship. Locked himself in a room for six months, wrote the first Dead Soul Tribe album, and then kind of went on with that for a couple of years, and then disbanded it, quote unquote. Formed another band, and then went back with uh, Psychotic Waltz. But as much as I like Psychotic Waltz, Dead Soul Tribe, I thought was like. Yeah, that's a really good band. I thought you got me into them. I I described them as if you took uh, Tool and crossed them with Jethro Tull. Yeah, like this, like super yeah. super progressive, kind of dark. Very, it's just it was especially I, that one album with the flute is very heavily like, involved. All of them, 
Is it all, is it all of them? He he's he he is a flute player. He oh, does, he does he does the Ian Anderson one leg up in the air and oh he does the whole nine. Huh? I'm pretty sure he does. Oh, so or uh, I thought because I I guess maybe I just don't remember the other albums, but I remember that there was one album. It might have been the, the last one, Lullaby for the Devil. Might have been that one. That, that one. But yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah, they I adore their albums, and they kind of they they did Lullaby for the Devil, and it seemed like they were going to keep going on and everything, and then just suddenly it all shut down, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> So I'm really hoping that something happens there. I haven't heard much from Devin Graves' camp in the, uh, to begin with because, you know, he did, again, he did um, the Shadow Theory album, which I think is also on hiatus or disbanded, and then did the reunion with Psychotic Waltz. But it's still been dark since then. So who knows what's going to happen soon. Um, my next one is another one for, for me, uh, Galactic Cowboys. If you yeah. don't know who the Galactic Cowboys are, they're that band that was in Airheads. <laughs> <laughs> they they were the Sons of Thunder, <laughs> but uh, no, their their music is yeah, you know, it's more hard rock than anything else. But they have a lot of heavy tunes, a lot of great melody, and they were such a good band. They reunited a couple of times a few years ago to do some shows, and haven't done so since. Um, I'm pretty sure that. The members are all from Texas, so I will drive over to their houses, knock on doors, and be like, listen, play in my backyard. You, got, you guys can just jam in our garage. Well, I, I know one of them um, has a, a fairly successful podcast going. Oh, yeah? yeah okay. So, um, but still, they were a great band. They need to get back together. We need more bands like them that are just kind of – they they're so good, but they feel so tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just great. Especially with a name like Galactic Cowboys. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I got – I got three more. Damn, dude. Oh, yeah, because I'm thinking about all these bands. Um, I'll get into first one. Uh, Sentenced. Okay. Sentenced cl- like closed their doors hmm. 2005. They said they're never going to get back together. Who knows if that's true or not? So far, it's been true. Um, they I... haven't gotten thought about coming back together. But I love that band. I love the singer who also just closed the doors on Poison Black, so God only knows what he's going to do next. Oh, my gosh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so he seems to be kind of like one of those like guys who likes their finality. Just like, yeah, we're done. See you later. I'm go home now. Sentence had two singers, right? Because I think the sentence had a uh, yes. They had two singers. Um, I think he the first the one first was on one there passed. for like an album or two. Okay, like two albums, and they switched them. No, it was like two albums and an EP, and they switched them out for uh, for Vil. Um, Didn't he, one of them pass away? I thought like he, he might have. I just can't remember which one it was. That's what, because no. that's what I was trying to figure out. Was like, Whoa. no, it would, it would have been, it would have been the, the previous singer then, because okay. because the the Vil went on to do um, Poison Black, right? Okay. So, but um, the, the even during their their um, final show for Buried Alive, they had the original singer come on stage and do a couple songs in the set. They they were a, a great live band, great great generally great package, and I mean it's good that they went out on was one of their best albums and they're not going to sit there and try to do a cash grab or anything like that. I would just like them to get back together and do something. But so it goes. Sadness. Um, Misfits with Danzig. Really? That would be fun to see. Not necessary, but fun to see. Maybe like a show. That's probably all he's going to do because remember, he's kind of retiring from touring now. That would be the most overhyped show Ever, though. Dude, people if freaked fucking... out with him putting the skeleton makeup on for his shitty cover record. That would be that. That's like the punk rock version of Guns N' Roses. I would, I would like it if they did one show and if it was hopefully good. But 
again, not necessary considering the fact that the Misfits, I like the Misfits without Danzig. So. The Misfits have been very popular and very successful without Danzig for 30 years. Well, I also saw the Misfits live and Jerry Only sings now and Jerry Only's not, you know, doesn't have the the deep bellow of Glenn Danzig, but he does a respectable job doing the songs and they they put on a great live show. So this isn't necessary, but it would still just be cool as a, like a one-off thing. They kind of come on stage, do a couple tracks. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Don't need a new album for that necessarily. Yeah. Um, and last one, Merciful Fate. Oh my God. Yeah. Damn. Wow. Especially because, you know, the guys from Merciful Fate just released their own yeah. album. Hank, uh, Hank Sherman and Michael Denner. Yeah, and King Diamond still sounds just as good as he did. So you put those three together. Oh my God. Hey, Mickey D's not doing anything since Motorhead's done. Get him playing drums. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, that's a fucking good one. God damn it. That's uh, that's, that's my closer. Damn, yeah. you, you close on a good one. Yeah. Fuck. Let's just end it there. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Yeah. That's uh, a great one. Yeah, like that would be, again, that would be a good one for, and not even necessarily an album, just a couple of just one-off shows. a couple shows. of shows, yeah. yeah. Maybe even just like, like one tour. Yeah. That would be incredible. Or or like, you know, like they had... um. Just the next big festival in the U.S. or where, anywhere, they they just kind of headline one of the days. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be pretty cool. That's that's damn, that's a good one. So if you agree with that, which you should, if you don't, then fuck you. Because yeah, uh, you just heard like a collective three hard ons go. <laughs> Jesus, there's, there's a flesh sword fight going on. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, that's terrible. <laughs> But if you agree or if you have any other suggestions to make in any of our um, our topics here, reunions you are happy that happened or reunions that should not have happened or should not be happening if they are coming, Guns Roses, <laughs> or reunions that you want, let us know on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Shred Shack. And Pete and I got into a quick conversation about bands we think should have broken up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let, let's do that real quick. Yes. Right. Pete, your guys. All right. I mean... I think this is almost kind of obvious in a way, but Metallica. Like, ideally, for me anyways, Mm. it would have been, like, probably after Load, but at least before Saint Fucking Anger came out. Like, I I think that if they had stopped at at that point, they would have had perhaps, like, a relatively short career, but it would still have been very impactful, very, you know, influential. Like, I mean, when you think about it, like, a lot of, like, you know, modern metal people, when they think about, oh, yeah, Metallica inspired me, it's no one's like, oh, yeah, I remember the first time I listened to Reload, I knew I wanted to be a fucking musician at that point. It's like always the, you know, Master Puppets, it's Ride the Lightning. So, I don't know, I think they just should have stopped at a certain point. I I don't necessarily think they should have broken up. I just think that they need to get their heads out of their asses. <laughs> because they are so on their own hype train that it bothers me. I remember, again, I, I'm sure I've mentioned this when we mentioned uh, St. Anger in the past where they're talking about how like they thought, oh, this is going to make people want to play heavier and faster. And it's like, no, it's not. You guys haven't inspired anyone to play heavier and faster in over a decade. Stop. <laughs> in more like 20 years, well, I'm actually. talking about when, when St. Anger came out, oh, which was 2003. No. Oh, okay, so. okay. But just they – I'm all for artistic freedom, but don't sit there and – hype it like it's going to be something fresh and new. You guys are not doing anything fresh and new. Yeah. You haven't done anything fresh and new since maybe Injustice for All. Well, for me, I think it's already happening is is Motley Crue. Motley Crue 
I think it's time for them to go, which is hopefully what they're doing now. Hopefully what they're doing now. I think that Nikki Sticks should continue on and do stuff. Oh, most certainly. He's he's perfectly fine. I think Vince Neil needs to stop. Tommy Lee needs to stop. Mick Mars. I think he needs to do more. I think he wants to do more. I uh, but physically he just can't. Yeah, yeah. This is the physicality <laughs> of it, number one. And if I and it's like, I don't like Nikki Six doesn't release solo materials. Nikki Six is in other bands. Yeah. I can't picture Mick Mars being in another band, putting that much effort into it because he, because of his his ailments. Mm-hmm. Like if he was to record just a guitar solo record, like like a like an instrumental thing, mm-hmm. and people fans of the band would probably pick it up, but that would be about it. Mickey Six attaches himself to other musicians who have fan bases, and they release albums as bands: Six A.M., mm-hmm. Brides of Destruction, or yeah. whatever. And then there's Tommy Lee, who again is his own hype man. Like you were just talking about Metallica, yeah. everything Tommy Lee does, Tommy Lee thinks is the best thing Tommy Lee's ever done. So it's just, I think this the whole concept of Motley Crue should have died a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say most glam bands from that fucking era. Yeah, like, I, know, I, like, I think I think as a whole, you're right. I think like because you got like a band like Poison who does the same fucking shit. Yeah, right? I think like, I think yeah. grunge was one of those those uh, phenomenons that happened and ended. Glam won't fucking die. I th- see some glam I'm okay with. If you consider Twisted Sister to be glam, they're one I would want to see another. I would tell of. you the truth. I would I would consider them more of a, just a hard rock band. But look, look wise, look wise, but music wise, they weren't the same as those other really cheeky fucking. Yeah, look wise, they were they were originally a lot heavier. They kind of went a little poppier, but still heavier. Than um, poison, than poison, and, and Motley Crue. But well, Motley Crue still had some pretty okay. They had yeah. some heavy material still. But just, just the 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 vibe of them just yeah. just angers me. Yeah, I never like Motley Crue. Like I like a couple of songs, mm-hmm. but I would never go out of my way to say I'm a Motley Crue fan mm-hmm. ever. And I always thought like, and I I don't. I'm not like the biggest Twisted Sister fan, but I always thought they were kind of taking the piss with the way they did their glam. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, 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 Dee Snyder wasn't trying to look attractive the way I, a lot of those think, other ones um, were. I think there was a there's a quote from him where he says like, "I don't know why you call us glam because we're not glamorous. You just call us hid because we're hideous." <laughs> <laughs> and he's got a fucking point. Yeah. And he wasn't trying to be pretty. He was wearing makeup just to f- have people look at him. Yeah. But like, you look at the f- cover of the first Poison record; those are some pretty ladies on there. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that's, that's some plastic shit. Oh man. Like okay, I I, I do like poison to an extent i would love it if brett michaels would just fuck off oh god he's another one <laughs> like he he's one, one he's one that is milking his quote-unquote popularity and will not fuck off yeah it is bad he needs to go away and then you got like the guys from like rat who are like fighting over the name that's and, like that's ridiculous because like again rat was never like they had round and round i don't think they had much more than that honestly well apparently their la- their their reunion record infested or whatever it was was actually really good well same thing with um with latter-day white snake apparently they amped up the heaviness mm-hmm. well to tell you the truth i will always be a fan of david coverdale david coverdale's voice is pretty intense yeah uh because when he was in purple mm-hmm. and then doing the white snake stuff like of course we all know the white snake ballads but white snake is actually a really good hard rock band and right now he's playing with Joel Holkstra which we covered a 
couple weeks, uh, a couple months ago with his record, and he's a, just a really good fucking guitarist mm. who's heavy and melodic and just a really good hard rock guitarist. So I would always say that Whitesnake, I wouldn't even probably put them in the glam area just because they had big hair. He didn't do the makeup. He didn't do the the the, the silly shit that they did. They were uh, just an Osgard hard rock band, mm. and they just kind of fell into that whole thing because of their power ballads. That's what made them popular. Yeah. That was just the unfortunate part of it. Um, so I just think they got a bum rap on that one. Same thing with Def Leppard. I don't think Def Leppard was much of a glam band. They Def just got Leopard, thrown in there. Apparently, I haven't heard this one yet, but Def Leppard prior to Pyromania had, um, I think it's called On Through the Night. And apparently that was like a legit heavy metal album. They have some really good tracks that are not Pour Some Sugar on Me. fucking hate that song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm God. talking like Photograph, Foolin'. Those are really okay. good hard rock tracks, man. And... <laughs> I feel bad that they got thrown in with that because they wrote one ridiculously catchy album. I'm going to I'm gonna make a list of the songs that make you want to punch, insert cute, cuddly thing here. And up there with Pour Some Sugar on Me, it's More Than Words by Extreme. Oh, oh my God. Yes. God. God, I hate that song. But I don't understand how that song got so popular because it sounds like they intentionally sang off-key or something. Like... like <laughs> It's like, it's like that song and Wholehearted. And I'm like, I'm going to punch you guys because you have such better songs. Oh, my God. I, I hate more than words so much. It destroys the rest of that album. Ugh. We were okay. talking about stuff. Yeah, calm down. Calm down. <laughs> bands, that should have, bands that should have cut it off a lot sooner. Yeah, we just got the whole discussion of a genre that should have cut off a lot sooner. Any, any, any new metal band that uh, went well past its prime. Oh, yeah, yeah, we were talking about that too because uh, there's, there's like a resurgence, resurgence of new Is metal. There? Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah, I mean, dude. You got Korn coming out with new... Uh, okay, Korn, Korn, Korn's Korn, always been around. Korn's so. always been around. Yeah, I'm just talking but... about bands who who rode the coattails of Korn, okay. fell off the radar and are coming back and we talked about Cold Chamber. Yes. Cold Chamber wasn't even that good to begin with. Devil Driver is a much better band yes. and they're not even that good. <laughs> comparatively better but comparatively <laughs> better and now Cold Chamber is coming back but every couple of years you hear about a new Limp Bizkit record that's a band that should have cut off a long time yeah, ago yeah they should never have made um, they should have never started no actually I really like $3 Bill y'all for the time it was really good but they should never have continued on I do like some of their some of the other stuff that they do the, there's a couple like one or two hidden gems on their on their first three albums um, the song only the song Hold On that they do with, with Scott, Scott Weiland. Weiland. That's a pretty cool song. There's a good okay. song. I think it was on the same album called Boiler. Yeah. That's a good track. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, they really they really should not have continued. And they should not have been as popular as they were. Mm-hmm. There's uh, there's just absolutely no reason for it. Yeah, that was definitely like a flash in the pan, heat of the moment kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. They were so but, but again, like we said, all, these, all the, the new metal bands that have gone away and then are trying to come back now, but things we also mentioned there's also those stalwarts there that are are still doing music but yeah are they, still good like non-point you mentioned POD they all they all around 2003 when new metal really kind of hit the ground everybody who is most of the bands that are still around today is that's when they started to change their sound and they they have survived yeah some bands well, should not have continued going like Limp Bizkit yeah and bands who are coming back and playing the same records from 2000 and wearing the Django jeans and like really bring, trying to bring back that whole vibe. I think it really is like, it's my generation, my age group who are starting to feel old 
and they want to feel young again. And we're only 33. We're not that fucking old. <laughs> Guys, get over it. There's new stuff out there. There's better stuff out there. Please stop. Yeah. Just stop. All right. I've progressed in my in my listening. Like I listened to all that shit back when it first came out. But that's what led me into the newer and better shit. I don't need to hear it again. I really don't. I don't know why these things are happening. Yeah, I mean, new metal, like, for me, like, that's sort of when I started listening to, like, harder music. I mean, I remember listening to Slipknot and Korn and all that shit. And that's the thing, like, it eventually got me into more traditional metal. So, I mean, it served that purpose. You yeah. Know what I mean... You unfortunately you weren't there for when we actually discussed this this exact topic a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah. yeah, the new metal discussion. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was... but that's another genre who that deserves to die its death. Sure. And um, uh, just like I said, grunge was one of those things that like the grunge bands are still around, but they're not playing grunge music anymore. They they've grown up, they've matured, they've learned how to play their instruments, and it's actually improved their style of music. To tell you the truth. Um, but you don't, you just grunge itself is not a thing anymore, which is something that is actually pretty cool that it had its, it's had its moment. It served its purpose. It was a cultural phenomenon and it went away. So is there anything else you can think of that needs to pack it in? That isn't a matter of them being too old. Cause I wanted to say Ozzy. But that's a matter of him. You know, yeah, it's him being old. We're just talking about just packing in because they haven't been producing. They have because well because you know their latter day material either sucks or it's like they were a product of a moment and they still exist for some reason. Is there anything else we can think of here? Well, not metal, but just I I'm really tired of hearing about these nostalgia acts who just go on tour and re- replay the same exact set list since 1975. I'm looking at you, Eagles. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think they've even even resigned themselves to be a nostalgia act. They just they know it. They know they're going to go on tour this the same time every year. They're going to play the same goddamn set list every time. Hotel California is going to be the big one and they they make their money off of that. They I I would have thought that music was is something that should have been progressed on, added to and just you know, they wrote some new material a couple of years ago. Did they? Yeah, they, they've had. Yeah, they've I, had I don't newer know. Albums. It's just something like when I hear about those bands and you, you don't hear about new material. See, you just said they record new material, huh? They record something since Hotel California, really? I, they, they, I think, last thing I know of was a single back in two thousand two. I feel like they've even had then. That's since. thirteen, fourteen years ago. But I mean, again, it's the Eagles. You again, it's not metal, it's, but. Um, even some of the like we already mentioned the whole glam scene that they they go on the same tour every summer. Def Leppard is playing with Poison or fucking Motley Crue is playing with fucking Rat or whatever. It's the same album. It's the same set list. It's the same, the same, the same. I think some bands though, if they have an extensive enough catalog, could mix it up. Yeah. Yeah. Again, do they? Most of these nostalgic acts, I would like to see. Usually, ticket costs are too high. I was uh. never checking into their set list to see what they're playing. So, um, but honestly, like with with metal, um, whatever variation of it, I can't off the top of my head think of any band that necessarily needs to go away. Papa Roach, maybe. But then again, that's a Not matter. Metal. Of, <laughs> again, that's a matter of of new metal, rap metal, whatever, turning into. Ugh. And turning into what the rest of the music world wanted them to be, um, 
but it seems like it seems like the the new metal thing kind of went away for the most part. Oh, for the Papa Roach or just in the, the genre in general? The genre in general. It's still, it's the comeback. Like I, I've been reading about it on Metal Sucks and Metal Injection that like it's like this third sign of the apocalypse. I think it was uh, Metal Hammer or Decibel. Both of them had articles about new metal making a comeback. And the thing is, you can actually hear it in some of these bands too. I mean, there's even if it has a genty sound, it it still sounds like there's like some kind of new metal influence in there. Like they listen to that that one freaking awesome Static X album, and like, oh my god, I want to become these guys. Well, and that's what they were saying. Like that, that's the new wave of new metal is like the new gent, right? Yeah. Like, which not I say that loud, that sounds ridiculous. Right. But, <laughs> new wave just, of new metal, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like just. Because it, it's it's related to a lot of like the core bands that we were talking about. Like they're just taking all of those elements of like new metal and gen, and just take it to like this ridiculous extreme now. So, it's like I, crap I don't know. core, yeah. <laughs> I again, I have not heard much about this whole resurgence of new metal. Um, I tend to keep my head in the sand and keep uh, it there. Yeah. <laughs> well, again. A lot of the ones that I liked a lot from the original, the original wave of new metal, <laughs> as I'm now going to call it. Jesus Christ! What have we done? <laughs> a lot of the bands that I liked, I still like, and because they have progressed. Mm-hmm. I I was listening to um, Power Man Five Thousand. I've jockeyed their stuff on this podcast a lot. I listened to their last album, Bills of the Future, and. It's fucking good. It's still like it's like they're not as the sound isn't as heavy, but it's still got so much energy. It's got a lot more just straightforward rock sound to it. So like bands that have have gone that way, they still sound good. I mean, I guess I would have to really see who's coming back to uh, to know if I should be afraid of this this new wave of uh, new I, metal. I have a feeling it'll be short lived. I'm sure it will be. I'm sure it will be. Once those once guys my age wake up from that hangover they're gonna be like oh my god I'm too old for this when, shit when you realize how short a lot of these things actually were cause new metal yeah. um, that was a very short time frame new metal if you wanna say when it started early 90s but it was very very pick and choose mm-hmm. cause you had Rage Against the Machine 92 like probably one of the earliest examples Korn 94 yeah um it didn't start picking up steam until maybe after 97. I was thinking yeah, I was, 98, 99. I would say like 97, 2003. Yeah, That's I was going to the... say things started to pick up maybe around $3 bill, y'all, 97. And then 99 was the year that things went south. Yeah, because it was it was, it was was the year I graduated from high school. It was the year 2000. Yeah. That's when it was like at its peak because you had, you had Down With The Sickness – you had Gosmax record, that was, Static yeah, X, so, and so, the Woodstock. So, so, like I said, we're talking about like '99 to, into 2000, yeah. like the, that year span. That's when everything like really blew up. That's when Ozfest became humongous, yeah. and you had all those bands on tour together, mm-hmm. and all that nonsense. Mudvayne was coming out at the same time. Slipknot was just becoming huge. Um, yeah, because because um, I know System of Down '98, a mm-hmm. little bit of a precursor. Then you had 1999, which was the year of years. Yeah, because it was. Um, Limp Bizkit's Significant Other, uh, Slipknot's debut, um, I think, what else came out that year? A bunch of other random shit. 2000 was another big year. Static X started coming out with yep. stuff. No, not, I think 98 was... For, Whichever, but that, that time but, frame. Yeah. So figure, figure, we'll just say 98 to 2003. Five years. With a little bit of build-up beforehand and a little bit of trickle afterward. Five years is the big time. Yeah. 
not that long of a period of time for all I, yeah and then like if you think about it grunge was about the same time frame if you think about it because they were in like let's say 90 91 when um Nevermind came out and then grunge pretty much officially died the day that kurt cobain died so that's like three years. Yeah, I would say I would say between like 1990 and 1995, with trickle uh, trickle down afterward and a lot of build up beforehand. Yeah, you know, because because again, Soundgarden was still still popular afterward. Um, but the thing they, is, they they changed their sound. They were more of a hard rock band. But, with, but they know. still had they they still had their popularity yeah. with down on the upside and all that. So um, you know, just there was there was the downfall thereafter. Yeah. You know. But yeah, anyway. these, these these were these were kind of fairly short periods of time. They don't they don't last very long, it seems. Yeah. So. And hopefully these reunions don't last very long either. Yeah. Because we don't need we don't need Van Halen to come back. No. <laughs> what we need is more Sammy Hagar to do solo stuff because Sammy Hagar's cool. What? <laughs> um, he's always fun to listen to. Yeah, he's, he's always really fun. Yeah. That's right, Cabo Wabo. And on that note, Mastakila. we're going to make our curtain call. So until next time, subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash templum for more Shred Shack-related content, including interviews, editorials, concert reviews, and the like. We, as of the day of posting, the day we're recording this, I posted up the top three video of the month of December, which now has all three of us, which means there's a lot more for me to edit. Um, and a lot but, more outtakes. And a lot more outtakes. <laughs> Five and a half minutes of outtakes. I was actually th- thinking about making that a separate video because there was so much. <laughs> you probably should have. But um, the top three for the month of December 2015 is now up on the YouTube channel, so check it out. Um, we are also going to be posting up a thank you video for 500 likes to our Facebook page, which I believe we mentioned last week. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also look forward to the Nightmare World review that we are working on and nearly finishing. Nearly. Getting nearly. there. It's just a, it's a matter of writing. And then recording. And then recording. And then me editing. So oh. it's... it it's, got like another month. <laughs> it's, coming, it's coming down. That's what's happening. Um, but aside from that, you can also check out uh, my Let's Play, my video game Let's Play series, Recreational Warfare, which started up again and now comes on four days a week. Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Um, fairly humorous stuff. Fairly. It's fairly yeah. humorous stuff. But... There will be more of that in the future because there will be Lego Lord of the Rings. Oh, <laughs> the only way he's going to get me to play video games is involve Lord of the Rings or Star Wars. So, yeah. Hey. And Legos. I mean, hey. come on. <laughs> it's going to work. And that that or Tetris. Do Star Wars Tetris. Ooh. <laughs> that would be kind of fun, wouldn't it? Just be nothing but Wookiee sound. <laughs> <laughs> they'll just make the uh, they'll make the path look like the um, the. The thing in the Death Star where they fly through, just make it look like that. No, actually, it'd be funny if like it was like the next Tetris, where like if I got four in a row, like the Death Star like blows up your shit or something like that. <laughs> that that'd be fun. That would just be rude. <laughs> um, for more up to the minute updates and news follow, uh, for yours truly, follow my Twitter account at username Novus Redemptor. All right, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter is at UpTheIron3314 for just normal fitness and nerd related items. Um, Facebook.com slash UpTheIron3314. You can t- contact me if you're in the San Antonio area to get some personal training. Or if you're not in the San Antonio area, I can provide you with some workout plans and nutritional information uh, via the internet and just online counseling. Or you can just become my friend on Facebook. You can keep up to date with all of my shred sack stuff, all of my personal nerd stuff, including sometime soon we are going to be playing Lord of the Rings Trivial Pursuit here at the house, and that should provide plenty of fun and 
interesting anecdotes for the show later on. Hell, we could film that. Oh my god, that would be ridiculous. <laughs> and that's me. All right, and you can follow me on Twitter at Abyssal Sun. I'm starting to use Twitter a lot more. Uh, you know, putting out a lot of news articles that I find interesting, talking a lot about uh, music I've listened to. Uh, real quick, I do have a couple of errata from the couple of things that uh, I talked about earlier. Uh, the Bandcamp for um, Black Hour is Transcending Obscurity India dot bandcap dot com. So that's it's the, wow. that's their distributor. Yeah. Oh, okay. That. Okay, gotcha. So yeah, and for Nargaroth, it looks like they've added um, more tour dates in, throughout Europe in March. So they're actually doing a UK t- uh, a European tour. And they actually had a tour last year for Latin America, so I just haven't been paying attention. Wow. I guess, I guess they haven't been active. Again, that's what the beauty of this thing is, is that we actually get to keep up on all this stuff. We're kind of forcing ourselves yep. to do it. Yep. Uh, if you're hearing this, I'm going to assume you found your way to our Mixcloud page, mixcloud.com slash the Shred Check, which is currently your primary source for all previous installments of the Shred Check podcast, as well as recordings of the Shred Check live radio show. We are currently working on trying to get it into other mediums because not everyone wants to use Mixcloud. Um, I'm dumb on certain things. Um, I I often ask myself, how do I podcast? So um, <laughs> I need to, I need some uh, some information about how to get this onto iTunes, and and I'm I'm having a difficult time grasping it. So soon you'll see it in other places, hopefully on iTunes. That way everyone can download it, put it on their iPods, listen to it in the car, and listen to my smooth buttery voice come through and i'm saying um a lot and and, and saying um and uh, uh, and suck that cock <laughs> <laughs> lots of that <laughs> lots of that um but speaking of the live show you can tune in to pat and reese every wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m eastern standard time for two hours of heavy metal music and banter uh for the link to the weekly show you can find it on our facebook page facebook.com slash the shred check they will post the link usually within five ten minutes of, uh, prior to starting the show um so tune in request the song uh give a little bit of commentary uh, occasionally i listen in and i like to comment on things and just be a general douchebag but until next time I'm Dan Mack this is Chris Mack and I'm Pete reminding you that the world is full of things you can do.